female authors in the D&D fifth edition interactive Twitch stream and podcast, which is every Wednesday. So it's interactive because you can help hinder or harass the players as my co-GMs. My me, being Carla Harris, the GM, and I am back for 2021. And with me is amazing players who are going to introduce Hi guys, Happy New Year. I'm also back. I'm Wednesday and I play Aloran Skyvale, the Azamar Paladin, whose entire life has just crashed before his eyes. Hi guys, I'm Nelly. I play Karen Nightingale, the Half-Elf Sorcerer, and I'm also here for 2021. I'm here in spirit and in body. Hi everyone, happy 2021. I hope everybody has a great year. I'm Lena and I'm playing Andermach, the Changeling Druid. And uh, I'm super excited to see what's happening today. It's gonna be good. Welcome back, Delmuth, David, Teddy, and Gary. Welcome to it, and Happy New Year, everybody. Delmuth says, it is I, Grinning Gargoyle. They are on the wrong account. Well, Delmuth, you were actually one of our top interactors last year as Grinning Gargoyle. Now you're trying to take the title under a different name. Are you cheating? I don't know. <laughs> Where we were previously on Dum Dum Die. As your character, describe what you think is happening. I, Lauren Skyvale, am feeling really sorry for myself because, first of all, I had to rely on a lady to lend me money to fly home. Also, Andromach decided to tell me how worthless I am <laughs> and how my family would be there for me still even though I was worthless and how it would be their problem to deal with me which made me feel worse and then we boarded Led Zeppelin and the police said I was under arrest and at that point my entire not only future but past flashed before my eyes and I feel even worse now like you know, I just wasted my life and they may as well kill me. Andromach was escorting Zetu with the other party members to the skyboats and we were going to go to Top City. It was all very exciting. And, you know, when she got to the station, Lauren looked so downcast that she tried her best to give him some words of true encouragement deep from the heart. It really looked like Lauren appreciated the words because his expression was so sincere and heartfelt that Andromach just feels good about what she did. She she feels absolutely great that she was able to help Lauren in such a critical and crucial time of his life. And then, of course, all of that went out the window when we entered the boat and then they wanted to arrest Lauren. And Andromach is kind of torn if this is going to go well or not because i kind of don't think that a lauren is just gonna sit down and take that type of behavior and Anima hasn't seen anything that a lauren needs to be arrested for so she is still convinced that lauren is innocent and this is just a big misunderstanding hey 117 you can help hinder or harass the players as we go along and create parts of the law like the orcane addiction that was made <laughs> in the last episode, which was actually the initial impetus for Andrew Mark's very moving speech. Kira, this whole time, ever since meeting Zetu, even just before meeting Zetu, was had this deep sense of like foreboding and like just wariness ever since realizing that I have this 
piece of magic within me that's not actually meant to be in there. So um, having a lot of identity issues, worried about my mother, tampered with me as well as a child. Kira is right now just really freaking out, having an identity crisis, trying to figure out if she is indeed truly a good person or not, if there's something within her that's like a ticking time bomb. And after seeing what happened with her sister, she's pretty much worried about that. So she's very much self-focused on what's going on with her internally, but also um, wants to support Zetu, the recent widow of the murder victim. She wants to support her, but she's also worried that she's going to try to kill Isaiah too quickly before she can get answers herself about what actually happened to her as a child. And the moment that we got to the skyport, she was also distracted by the fact that everything's so nice and whatnot. And then these two guards came in the cost of the Lauren to be arrested. I'm a combination of shock, but also not too surprised because the Lauren's been full of surprises, guys, to be honest. And he's capable of many things. Like, I'm not thinking something bad, like, you know, something heinous. I'm not like, a criminal. Yeah, I'm not thinking it's a, you, you committed some heinous crime, but I feel like because you're so you're so socially inept that I feel like you may have done something by accident and offended, like, a, a great nobleman or something like that. Something simple like that versus, like, out there stabbing people. So, yeah, lots of concern about her personal identity. Not so much worried about Lauren because she's convinced it's something, like, a minor mishap versus anything major. So Zetu, who is your companion in this adventure, was obviously extremely distraught and depressed after the murder of her beloved husband and was pulling herself together for an adventure of revenge. A revenger. You know, she was looking for this closure and then she has no idea what she's going to do after that. She was happy to help the three of you pay for your tickets at the Skyport because she believes you are on a means to an end and you're going to help her get her revenge. And now someone is being arrested and she is just very annoyed that why is she surrounded by this? At that, can everyone please roll for me a constitution saving throw as the Zeppelin lifts off from its docking section. The two guards who had stopped in in the doorway on the far end of the hall of the hull. Now, upon closer inspection, you see that one is a half-elf and one is a human, and they are very buff. They have just shouted across the room, you're under arrest, Lauren Skyvale. At that, the Zeppelin takes off. 17. 18. 19. No one feels air sickness, except for Zetu, who was not used oh. to traveling in coach. <laughs> and she's just like, it's so rocky. This... This, this takeoff is so rocky. Anyone who looks at Zetu can see that her skin has gone sallow and slightly pale. And you know when you hold your fist in front of your mouth and you like puff out your cheeks to try and like help yourself from feeling extremely nauseous? She is doing that. So thanks for that, Delmeth. At this point, the two guards are going to begin the descent down the hall of the Zeppelin. It is a hundred feet deep. 40 feet wide. It's yeah. a very big Zeppelin. It's cavernous. In the Zeppelin, you can see that there are some seats for people. You are the only people on the Zeppelin that you can see. Behind the guards is a door which you imagine goes to the cockpit for Led, the pilot of the Led Zeppelin, as well as <laughs> potentially any, you know, maintenance items or further corridors. Lauren, you would know some other Zeppelins actually have extensions 
after that door for cabins if they're going far but being mm. a coach one you assume that's really just ends on the cockpit and the maintenance areas does a lauren recognize their armor or are they wearing insignias do i know where these guards have come from no you don't recognize the insignia as something other than part of skyport security roll insight for me Edward is going to look oh. at the guards, stand and say, uh, uh, Lauren, what did you do? Can I roll just to figure, suss out where not um, Lauren's going to fight? Because I want to know if I need to like support him and fight with him or just like see how things play out. Insights, and then depending on what you get, I'll ask Wednesday to tell you what Wednesday's plans are. Mm. So, okay. Lauren, just airport security. Yes. Nothing to just be worried about. Just airport security. Really? Oh, and they're probably okay. the worst because they're in coach. I got 17 for insight. Okay. Wednesday, just out of character, do you think Lauren's yes. going to try and fight? No. He's going to ask them, what crime have I committed? Kira, you sense that he is a little bit apprehensive, but is probably not going to be decking anyone soon. Zetu, uh, you notice this, Kira. She sort of runs to the edge, to the right side from the entrance to the flight deck and is leaning on the window. And you know, when you like put your face against something because it's cold, she is doing that. This cheap coach is, it's too much for her stomach and her life. And she is just because it's all that glass window, that glass window reinforced with steel. And she's just like, and she's on the side, like leaning into the glass. But her one eye is closed as she closes the eye that's looking out because she's feeling super queasy. But she's still trying to keep an eye on the situation. I'm going to go to her and try to like offer her some water or like just try to like help see if she's okay. Since okay. I don't think Laura's do anything crazy, I think like I can at least go check on Zetu. Okay, roll medicine. Andrew Mark, is there anything you'd like to do before the gods reply? No, I've said my piece. I'm waiting for a response from the gods. Since uh, Aloran looks like he doesn't know what's going on either. Kira is like patting Zetu's back and... There, there. So you're, <laughs> you're doing things that, you know, like, you're like, does this help for cold? Does this help for sick stomach? Like, and then you're trying to feel her forehead and she's like, no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, you're trying to be helpful generally. The guards, you see for a moment, they look to Zetu and Kira, and then they look back to the two of you. The human is keeping his side eye on Zetu and Kira. They're still walking towards you. They're about 80 feet away still. They're not rushing. The half-elf says, well, I don't necessarily know what you're in trouble for. All I know is when we get to Il Uranos, I am to take you to the palace. When he says the palace, all the blood drains from Lauren's face and maybe all drains down his neck. And like in the anime where it just starts to like flow out of your body onto the floor. <laughs> and there's like a little ghost above his... That's, that's, that's what's happening to Lauren right now. Does Andrew He's Mark even going to this? drop his greatsword to the floor. Ooh, I feel you'll notice that. <laughs> Andrew Mark is going to jump in front of Lauren and look at the guard and say, he didn't do it. She's got no idea what's going on. The human elbows the half-elf, and the half-elf says, Look, I don't know what he did or didn't do, but he's coming with us when we land. Also, you look a little 
magical. And he winks at you, Andromach, and he says, just a note, I wouldn't try any fire magic in a Zeppelin. I'm unsure if this is your first time flying. Oh, welcome to Led Zeppelin. And we hope you're going to enjoy your trip because, and then he <laughs> looks around to Lauren at the back and he's like, it's going to be your last one for a long time. Oh, Sauntering no. over, like just very cool, casual saunter. Like, Kieran, did you hear that? No fire magic. No fire magic in the... It's okay. I don't have any fire magic, but would you please not... not would you please leave Aloran alone? You can see you he's scared. Aloran has become so sort of ashen that all the radiance, his divine glow has been like completely muffled. He looks no like glow. just your standard human. There's no glow. What happened to your skincare routine, Aloran? Like, you used, used to glisten, you used to glow. And now... I'm going to pick up Aloran's greatsword and heave it back into his hands. Roll you strength for me. I got 10. Lauren does not even notice that somebody else has touched his sword. <laughs> That's how it's bad. Like, people touching your swords, willy-nilly, you don't care. Yeah, dude. Sure. Yeah. Well, you should know by now that Andromach doesn't really care about any of that personal space thing. North Star is asking, how even do we want to be in the new year? Guys, shame. Oof. New year, new us. Oof. So on a scale of <laughs> one eye in evil and five eyes in evil, we're going to be evil. So like <laughs> four. So Andromach, as you lift the great sword, you put a lot of effort into it because you know it's heavy and you're unlikely to be able to lift it easily. And as soon as you touch the sword, you realize to yourself, oh, I shouldn't have touched the sword, but you've already committed. And then you realize Aloran is not even batting an eyelid. And that's what makes it even more scary. Roll a percentile for me, Lena. 41. As the sheer fact that Aloran looks like a normal human and doesn't have his beautiful glow about him, and that he didn't bat an eyelid that you touched his greatsword, you actually put so much effort into it, you yeet the sword 41 feet towards the two guards. I'm just going to yell as the sword flies and say, you can't have him! As you yeet a greatsword towards them, even though it fell like 20 feet short... And you shouted, you can't have him. You can see all of a sudden that the half-elf who was smirking and laughing and joking, his face goes quite stoic as he turns to the human and he says, I guess we're going to have to subdue. The human goes, hmm. At that, can everyone please roll for initiative? Alarm, based on your description, you have disadvantage. And so does Zetu because she on is initiative. basically... Yes. No, that's course, eight. That's what I roll the net 20 on. Seven. What's your dex, Nelly? Plus Dave. one. And then actually, believe it or not, Andromach, what is your dex? Modify zero. As the human goes, hmm, he starts running down the flight deck. You can see Kira, he looks at you and Zetu for a moment. And you can almost see with your inside roll from previously that he assesses that you are not a problem. He's going to keep running. And he's going to run all the way to stand right in front of you, Andromach. He's going to take a five-foot step to the side of you so that his partner has clear view of you. And he's just going to reach out his hand. And as he gets close up, you see he is very large. 
and very muscular. You can see like veins rippling on his hand, even though his hand isn't activated. He places his hand on your shoulder and you feel this weight. And he just gives it a little squeeze and he says, you're going to give us that one. And that brings it to you, Andromach. How far is the other person from the guy right in front of me? Probably 60 feet. I'm going to cast Charm Person on the guy right in front of me. Okay, uh, do I need to make a saving throw? <laughs> yes, a wisdom saving throw. Eight. He's charmed. So as long as no one attacks him, he's your friend. Yes. I'm going to say, but he did nothing wrong. I'm going to turn to Aloran and say, Aloran, snap out of it. I'm going to slap him and say, defend yourself at least. Say <gasps> something. Aloran's going to go. <laughs> Dullness reminded me of a rule, which I totally knew about this whole time, that you get advantage against chompers in, in combat. And does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. Yeah. Here we go. But he did roll real low. This time he rolled four. He's going to release the pressure on your shoulder and he's going to say, it's my job. Do you I understand that? I, I really do. But, you know, at least hear my friend out. You both are having a perfectly reasonable conversation. Absolutely. The half-elf. He pulls out a dagger, saunters 30 feet closer to you. He's 30 feet away from you, Andromach and Alaren, and from the diagonal, 40 feet from you, Kira. He picks up a dagger, and he throws it at his companion, and he shouts, Toll, snap out of it. He chucks a dagger at his friend, and he says, Toll, snap out of it, who it does hit and will take two points of Snap out of it, damage. It says here, it is charmed by you until the spell ends or until you or your companions do anything harmful to it. Um, I think that was rather clever, though. Yeah. And then he looks at everyone and he says, don't make this difficult. And at that, Andromach, you know that that didn't affect your charm on Toll. However, when you look, you see that the dagger is sticking out of Tull's hand, which was on your shoulder, and it was in a very precise shot. Kira. Okay. Obviously, I've seen all this, because, like, Zetu almost puking is not that interesting. I'm going to say no one move, otherwise I will blow us all to hell. And I'm going to just raise my hands. I'll blow us all to the nether, the nether worlds. And I, I'll raise my hands and say, you don't want to die, do you? Uh, Kira. Okay. Roll. And I, I'm just gonna like Relax. wink at her. Roll. Stealth so for the I'm, wink. Mass one for the for stealth. So. <laughs> crit fail. Crit okay. fail. I crit. A wink. You might have even whispered the word wink. Are you doing it intimidatingly or persuasively? Intimidatingly. Roll that at a disadvantage. Seven. <laughs> You stand up and try and summon your most terrifying face. And and for a moment, even the half-elf seemed like, maybe they are crazy. And then you were like, <laughs> I will blow us all up. And the half-elf was like, maybe you're crazy. Zetu was like, what? And then driving <laughs> even more. Lauren is nonplussed and Lauren is in a state of shock. Andromach was afraid. And then seeing Andromach's fear, you thought, I better let them know 
that I'm not being serious. And you did the biggest wink and whispered, <laughs> wink at the end, at which point everyone is much more relaxed. Zetu, chat over or under, tell me what you think. As she stands up, Okay, Zunadai, you can roll for uh, Zetu's next one. As Zetu stands up, she's not joking. She's not putting on any pretenses. You can see she's still slightly queasy. As she says, and she looks at you, Andromach, and she says, you have a healing spell, right? Yes, I do. Why? Great. And then she's going to pull out the stilettos that she had. She puts them both in one hand, throws one at the half-elf, Okay, so please roll to attack Zunadai. And then she is going to... Eight. Your rolling is revoked. <laughs> <laughs> as she throws the stiletto. And as it released from her hand, you know, you do one of those burps where you're like... That just sent it off kilter. <laughs> and it flew past the half-elf's head. But you could see that it was very close. So if it had been on target, it would have been painful. She shrugs her shoulders. You know when you see runners right before they run? They do that like little jump shrug. She does that. Mm -hmm. And she moves briskly towards the half-elf. Almost at a run, but you can see she's walking. So it's at the speed of a run, but she's walking. Because she has 45 feet of speed. Wow. She punches him in the face, 100%. She punches him in the face for four points of damage. And because she's a masterful monk, she does it again for another six points of damage. And then with her last attack, because monks... Flurry of blows. 15 points of damage. It's almost like a punch is too permanent, if that makes sense. She's so quick with her fists that it almost seems like she just glances him. But each glance, you see his head whip back and forth as she punches him three times in the face. And she says, we can have a nice trip or a bad trip. Decide. And then she <coughs> just sort of, <sighs> at which point it brings us to Alaren. North Star says, yes, she's dual wielding stilettos, the knives, but they are included in her heels. So it's like a stiletto Louis Vuitton boomerang. It's nice and fighting in one. I think that just went to the extreme of martial weaponry. And, you know, since she's so rich, she's probably proficient in that as well. Despite the fact that Alana has been busy internally processing his entire life in the last few minutes, he is still aware of what's happening around him. So I'm going to cast Command just generally. It has a range of 60 feet. I don't know if it works on multiple people or whatever. But I'm going to cast command and I'm just going to say halt. Everybody put your weapons down. Stop fighting. I surrender. Roll persuasion. Because command definitely at your level won't affect two people. The charmed one believes you as does the one who just got pummeled in the face. So Hawk believes you. Zetu pulls her fists back, goes and picks up her stiletto cleans it and puts it away and looks at you worryingly. And then she just sort of casually places her hands in the hip holster she has for her stiletto, 
But anyone who knows anything about fighting knows she's ready to break something. As ready as someone who's queasy can look, part of her character is that she is proficient only in ludicrously expensive weapons. That's why she's learning to fight with her fists. Because she can only use weapons that cost more than 500 GP. Jeez. And she what? wants disadvantage if she uses anything lower. She has taste, guys. She has money and taste. Hashtag just saying. Tina Dai says, damn, that's over the top. I feel like you rolled badly for her to attack with a stiletto because she didn't think the guy was worth hitting with her 500 GP stiletto. No shame. She's not that classist. But for her own stuff, she likes her own stuff to be nice. It was mostly queasiness. And then also she realized drawing blood is maybe not the easiest way to heal a person. But pummeling them to unconsciousness is okay. Annabelle, her eyes are stuck on this dagger that's lodged in this guy's hand. And she goes... What, what, what do you mean, Thaloran? Uh, uh, Why are you surrendering? Toll is going to pull the dagger out of his hand and give it to Hawk and say, Here you go. I'm going to walk towards the half-elf with my hands outstretched, wrists together. And I'm going to say, I mean exactly what I said. I surrender. You may arrest me. What did he do? Yeah, I think and then also the when I get lost there... His mind. I'm going to lay on hands the police officer because he did not deserve to get beaten up for doing his job. Delmuth has just subscribed with Prime, so we're going to do a little dance for Delmuth. Game and Teddy has suggested something. And since Delmuth's just subscribed, I'm going to let Delmuth decide if what Game and Teddy says happens or doesn't happen. But in the meantime, here's your subscriber dance. This is your subscriber dance. And Delmuth has made it so. As you reach out your hands to be manacled, Hawk seems to to believe it's going to happen. Toll absolutely is charmed, thinks it's going to happen. Zetu is wary, but she realizes she could probably handle the two by herself. And as you put your hands out, they start to glow because you've just assumed, okay, he's going to manacle me. I'm going to lay on hands. I'm going to help this guy. As soon as your hands started to glow ever so slightly. Hawk thought, no, this guy is sus. We don't believe you. And we're going to drop back into initiative for next week's episode. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they think like, oh my God, oh. his hands are glowing. It's going to be a fireball. Watch out, take him down. <laughs> I'm the least sus of the lot of you. And nobody ever believes me. I never lie about anything. No, you're, exactly. you're out. And that is you're why you're sus. It's just because... People aren't used to natural raw honesty that they're like, no. <laughs> and then they're like, no, you're sus. And Zunadai is like, of course you're the least sus. All right, that brings us to the end of the first episode of this year. Wow, guys, I've missed this. I've missed you, chat. I've missed you. I've missed you. I've missed you. I've missed everybody. Thank you so, so much, chat. Thank you for making everything an extra adventure. Please don't ever feel bad for getting involved, sending ideas, rolling dice. <laughs> you, you make the stories that much better. A huge thank you to my players. You make every, you make fights, non-fights, and back into fights again. It is just a wonderful roller coaster. Remember, if you enjoyed this, please do share it with your friends, foes, families, and familiars. And remember, the podcast is out every Wednesday. We're still sharing some of the Comic Con panels, so you can listen to those. Otherwise, you can reach us on all the social medias at Dum Dum Dice, spelled D U M D U M D I E. And until next week, we hope you have a most amazing with safety and adventure.